Hey everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we are doing the Anything You Can Do podcast, mm-hmm. where we're talking about covers yep. that are better than the original. I, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so we'll get into it. Hey everybody and welcome to Off the Bean Clef. We're here and we're doing I don't even we call it the Anything You Can Do podcast or the Anything You Can Do playlist, but it's kind of just covers. It's just covers that we like. Yeah, it's it, that was my clever spit on the playlist name. You know. I like it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but we got we have to explain it since Yeah, know, it you know it it goes back to the old uh Mia Hamm versus Michael Jordan commercial from Gatorade from back in the 90s. That's <laughs> so obscure. But that's anything you can do, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. do better. That's instantly what I think of. Yeah, I mean, I like sweating out weird colored Gatorade. I forgot all about that. That was a cool commercial. Though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's yeah, that's, it's essentially where, you know, if you don't know we were doing covers, it might not be readily available, which makes it not as clever as I thought. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think this was a cool idea. Um, you know, shout out to your friend Ellie and my friend Mel for suggesting it kind of at the same time. Um, we like, I was like, hey, man, I got a great idea for an episode. One of my friends told me about. And I was like, hey, man, my friend Mel is like, hey, well, let's do. Covers that are better than the original. Like, oh shit! My friend Ellie's just said the same thing. We're like, okay, cool. We'll give them both. We'll give them both credit. So, um, really excited to do this. It's kind of different from what we've done before. Uh, our playlist got very big very quickly because we decided we needed to have the original song in there for context as well. But this was a, this was a fun again another fun episode for me to take notes on. Oh yeah, it, it's it's fun to have double the amount of music because yeah. it kind of feels like we're. We're back and this is going to be a lengthier episode than you guys are used to. I think this so. This isn't going to be a 36-minute or, okay? <laughs> yeah. Strap You're going to have to sit down. Yeah. We made you wait a week. It's going to be well worth your time. Put the kids to bed. Can pour some wine. Mm-hmm. Light some candles. <laughs> Buckle in. Because <laughs> yeah. we're talking Eddie Murphy here in a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy does come up on a music podcast. I don't um, know. Okay. Let's talk about our responses first because yeah. I think those are uh, some of the funner ones. Yep. Uh, our friend Mason Miller, who we can count on every week now yep. to give us a reply. He says, Moon River by Frank Ocean, yep. originally done by Frank Sinatra. Well, that's also up for debate, too, because like Louis Armstrong has a version of this. But I found the Frank one. I was like, you know, that's probably the correct one that most people know. So that's, that's the thing with music, too. I was thinking about this today. Like back in like the 20s and 30s, like – I think there was like 20 songs that ever written and just everybody performed the same songs over and over again. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, I I really like both versions of the song. Like I'm a huge Frank Sinatra fan. Like, I don't know. He's, he's to me, he's one of the coolest ever. Um, one of the, my favorite like artists of all time. He's just, he personifies cool to me. Um, but Frank Ocean's version is really, really, really fucking good. I, I, I'm slowly starting to realize that I really like Frank Ocean. Like I always suspected I did, but now that this podcast has made me listen to him a little bit more, uh, I, uh, I'm definitely going to do a little bit more of a deeper dive into his stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it was a great pick and I first heard the moon river by Frank Ocean in the movie long shot mm-hmm. and it's, uh, with Seth Rogen and who's the girl in it with him. Oh, what's her name? Uh, Charlize Theron. Oh, okay. And he finally has sex with Charlize Theron, and he like goes out to the to the the beach with like his thoughts. He like wakes up first thing in the morning, walks out there to the beach, and the song's playing. And I'm like, oh god, this song's so cool. Yeah. And I listen to it, and I don't like it as much without the context of the movie. But I really do like the song, and I love Frank Ocean, so it's a good pick. Yeah, no, I need to. Like I said, I need to listen to more Frank Ocean because every time I hear him, I'm like, fuck, this guy's good. I uh, just again, it's just I talked about it last time too. There's just so much other shit that I already know I want to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I just push like new artists. I like I know that I like them. I'm like I, I don't need to just explore them. I know that I like them. So I don't know. I, it's just a weird musical thing that I have. Yeah. Um, I'll let you you do a couple. 
Okay. Uh, so I, Ben, Ben, who is our spiritual third member here, reached out to a couple of his buddies. So first here, um, I have Louis Curran, Lord of Trash, first of his name. Um, there's a whole backstory behind that, but that is his official name. Um, he picked Party All the Time um, by Thank You Scientist, which is a cover of an Eddie Murphy song. Uh, uh, you've all probably heard this song before. You probably didn't know it was an Eddie Murphy Party song. Party All the Time. I had no idea it was Eddie Murphy. It is Eddie Murphy, and this, uh, this Thank You Scientist version is fucking wild, dude. The, the first, like, I don't know, like, minute and a half of it, you don't really know where it's going. But then, like, the main theme of Party All the Time comes in with the horns and the guitars. And we were talking before, and it's kind of like a metal funk almost. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a great cover. Yeah, great pick, Louis. Um, Lord of Trash, first of his name. Uh, can't uh, – it, it, this is something, like, I've been excited to get, like, because Louis is a huge metalhead, too. So I, and I know he listens. So it's cool to get him in, involved here. Um then we'll go into his Ben's uh, best friend from college, um, Chad, who picked Mad World um, by Gary Jules featuring Michael Andrew- Andrews, which is a Tears for Fears cover. And the Tears for Fears version is just not very good. Not, certainly not in comparison to um, the, the version that we all know and love from the Gears of War commercial, which really kind of shot it into the, oh, dude, it's so good. He's yes. fucking firing the, the <laughs> machine gun up into the guy. What a beautiful piece of like advertising that is, and it really it's kind seared of, in our memory forever. Oh yeah, dude! If you if you like love video games and you're around our age, you know exactly what commercial I'm talking about because it was so. It's just so good. Like it's it evokes like a, an emotional response, and it's so weird because it's a game about big stupid guys that are stupid big with stupid chainsaw guns. And I know I like the series is super emotional. Like Tommy, our buddy said he cried multiple times during the series but on its surface it's like it looks super goofy yeah um but yeah no great great pick from chad there again there's a, i picked a lot of low-hanging fruit that's a that's certainly low-hanging fruit there but it, you know that doesn't mean it's bad either it's just like it's low-hanging fruit because it is so ubiquitously recognized as being amazing yeah so yeah i'll let you do your next two and then i'll, I'll cover benji's here sure uh my uh my fiance Zoe says, <laughs> I knew you were trouble by We Came as Romans, mm-hmm. uh, which is originally by Taylor Swift. Now, this didn't take me convincing her, but I'm also very proud of her for picking this because yeah. it's got a little bit of screamo to it. It's got a little pop to it. Um, the The clean vocalist in the song actually passed away a few years ago, so it's kind of sad. But still, this this cover rocks, and it goes into the, the Punko's pop, which we're going to talk to him talk to no end here in a little bit um but it's just one of those ones on on the punk goes pop that was amazing yeah yeah and uh you know i'll talk about it later but i'm not a huge taylor swift man uh so uh but i do like this cover this cover is a good one it it takes what is a song that i loathe and to makes it listenable so the screamer also like sings in this song so it's a lot of fun yeah 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 so there's two clean vocalists and then he ends up like doing a little scream at the end so it's pretty cool yeah like we mentioned before, uh, my friend Ellie, who uh, helped contribute to uh, the idea to the, for this mm-hmm. this podcast, she says Skinny Love by Birdie, uh, originally done by Bon Iver, which me and Ellie uh, go back and forth on this. Uh, she's a big Birdie fan. I'm a big Bon Iver fan. So, you know, it's kind of comes down to which one did you hear first? I had never heard either until about 10 minutes ago when we were coming back from B-dubs. <laughs> I, I played Kevin like the 30-second the snippet that you would hear on iTunes before you buy a song. Yeah. I played a uh, 30-second snippet. So To be fair, like the reason I didn't listen to it is because it was added like earlier today, and I was just like, I, I want to listen to other shit. Um, but I am of the opinion, in my very limited knowledge of both of these versions, that Bonnie Iver is the winner here. I think so. It's more, it's more lyrically, or not lyrically, but because um, they're the same lyrics, <laughs> but uh, vocally more interesting. Um, I like how just that that kind of feel is more my my wheelhouse too. So that's just a personal opinion for me. But you know, good like good song from what I heard. <laughs> we both like it for the same. We both like each version for the same reason. Yeah. Like she loves Birdie's version because she thinks it's more emotional. I think Bon Iver has something like he wrote the song, so like to me it sounds like it's gut wrenching. And, you know, I listened to it during a breakup. So, like, I'm steadfast in my opinion and yeah. she's steadfast in hers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. It's like, you know, 
you're not going to change anybody's mind about politics. You're not going to change anybody's <laughs> mind about a version of a song that you have a very strong like attachment to. So. Yeah. And it's kind of a, a fun argument that we just keep going. Yeah, sure, sure. Like it's, me, it's the MJ versus LeBron of music. It's always good having like a, a long standing argument with a good buddy. Mm-hmm. Like a buddy of mine, uh, we we had an argument for it was going went on for like 15 years about whether you could have a concert on the moon or not. And legitimately, like from like the times we were juniors in high school until I finally conceded about like three or four years ago. Yeah. Every time we drank together, we would bring it up inevitably, much to the chagrin of literally everyone else in the room. Because that's all we would Our friendship blossomed over a a fight like that. (laughs) It did. It did. Uh, What was it? The the Motor City Bad Boys or whatever? Yeah. I tried to order you. I tried to get you to order a t-shirt. Yeah. A store we used to work at together. and Yeah. Look where we're at now. Look baby. where we're at now. Well, it wasn't just that argument. We literally argued every single shift we worked together about something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think <laughs> you just like both cared. Yeah. Well, no, I think you, we just liked pushing each other's buttons too. Yeah. Like we knew it was all in good fun. So that's, it's always good to yeah. have that kind of argument. So, <laughs> so next we got uh, Ben again, this is the spiritual third member of our podcast who picked some more low hanging fruit. Uh, but again, like I said, low hanging fruit doesn't mean bad. It actually means awesome. Uh, so it's the man who sold the world by Nirvana from their unplugged live set uh, right before Kurt Cobain shot himself, um, allegedly. So uh, it's a David Bowie cover. <laughs> I still think Corny Love has all to do with it, even though, you know, it's been categorically not true. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, um, the man who sold the world. It's if you've never listened to the Nirvana unplugged set, the whole set is awesome. And there could have been multiple different like songs that he covered from that set that could have been on here. There's a couple meat puppet songs that he covers that are really cool. Uh, so I think this is the one that's the most ubiquitous though. A lot of people like hear this version and they really, really, really love it. Yeah. And I think you and I had a plan depending on how long we do these playlists and how, you know, how close we get to the bottom of the barrel. But we talked about like live albums mm-hmm. and live songs that oh, yeah. we really enjoy top and five easy top five you know there there's the blink one but yeah what a great pick ben yeah yeah it's i mean it, again i thought about it but i was like uh i feel like i need to pick something else yeah because this it is there's just so many great covers on it and it's such a great album but there was other songs that i wanted to talk about it's funny because when ben saw my list he's like those are the exact four that i thought you were gonna pick and i'm like well <laughs> good <laughs> at least i'm predictable i guess i don't yeah. know uh, anyway the thanks for everybody that submitted uh, it really is awesome to get your feedback um especially mason because his big complaint like a month and a half ago was like i can't wait till you guys talk about something i've heard of before so <laughs> yeah and i think that that contributes like people being able to contribute yeah. to our, our playlists and also like hearing more popular music and not just albums that they haven't necessarily heard of yeah, just shit that we like yeah <laughs> so it, it, i do really love this part of the, the the playlist that we brought in i think we might just keep doing that even if we stop doing playlists like hey give us your song of the week yeah because i really do like that that interaction and you know listening to something outside of something we both picked is always interesting oh yeah because you know we have our little realms of of yeah. our world but everyone contributing adds adds to this playlist being more fun and more yeah. diverse. Yeah. Cause if you hit shuffle on this, it's a lot of fun. It it's is, a, it's it's a awesome. fun playlist. Yeah. I think that's why I've enjoyed these playlist episodes so much is because of the random feature. And then like, Oh shit. Like I didn't really even listen to this for my notes. Listen. And now this is on this playlist and makes it that much better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thank you again. Uh, please keep doing it. Uh, I, I mean, there's we get this. We're getting the same people every week, but I think it's awesome because it's very me- diverse musical tastes from the people we're getting it from. And again, if you like it, let your friends know about it. We'll give them a shout out for sure. For sure. Uh, so I'm gonna go first with my first pick, "Little Lion Man" by Tonight Alive, mm-hmm. originally done by Mumford and Sons. Yeah, this pissed me off when I first saw it. Really? So, yeah, we'll get into it. Okay. So it's got everything you need for a great cover. A song that is traditionally done a different way, but they do it electric as a powerful female voice and the drums. Mm-hmm. That's what the song was missing before, I think. Uh, missing or is just different. It's, That's what's it's different. different for okay. sure. Um, but those are the elements that help beat out Mumford's original, at least in my opinion. And Mumford's version is gut wrenching, but this is gut wrenching in a different way. This is like. 
I'm rolling down my windows. I just went through a breakup. I'm screaming, screaming in my car rather yeah. than like sitting alone in my car and sulking at 11 p.m. Yeah, this is like 2 p.m. I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> you know, sure. um, I, this is the only song I picked for Punko's Pop because I didn't want to cheat the playlist. You know, you can go through the whole Punko's yeah. uh, discography and kind of pick pick and choose from there. But uh, I tried to pick the best one, or at least the one I thought was the best. And seeing them play this live. And they were like, how many of you know us from our Mumford and Sons cover? And everyone's like, woo! Like, yeah, that's what we thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that it got me into Tonight Alive. And I, I really enjoy the the female vocalist, is um, her vocal performance in the song, which is kind of, as I'm discovering, that's why I like all these covers better than the original is, like, mostly the the vocal performance. Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing you can change the most, right? Because instruments are going to sound like instruments but like vocal styles you can do different types of runs i mean you can do that with instruments too like you can change tempo which almost all of these covers do change tempo and all that but th- there's something about like a lead singer that is so evocative of a certain band and i think you know any guitar player can play the same guitar lick on any guitar but only one person can really sound like that person's voice so i think that 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 is uh that's an astute observation there that it really is the vocals that stand out on a lot of these. Uh, but yeah, so as far as what I think about this, like I said, when I saw it, I was like little lion, man, are you fucking kidding me? Like the first two Mumford and sons albums were almost perfect to me. Uh, they could do no wrong. Um, but then I listened to this cover and I was like, Oh yeah, this fucking rocks dude. And it was like, and even then it took me till the first, real chorus where the the music drops out and she comes in with that huge powerful vocal and she puts like those little uh punk punk rock vocal twists on it um it was not your fault the kind of like whininess (laughs) to it but it like really works here too uh it's just it's really really fucking good obviously um i I love mumford and son's first two albums i think it was a revelation in music i think it was exactly what music needed at the time and so to me like nothing will ever beat that that version of that song because it is it has it's has such a powerful moment in my life in my music listening history. But this is a great cover of this song, and uh, I don't want to say it's like it's not as good because it's it's really good in its own way. And I think that's that's to me that's what makes it a successful cover is if you can do it and it's it doesn't it's not completely drowned out by the original. And you're like, nah, fuck this. I don't want to listen to this. This is not even close to the original. Yeah. If you can see it as like their own and you can enjoy it as a different thing but the same i think that is what makes a good cover and i think this really really hits at home here it's just it's it's a great cover and i i think punk the style of punk really lends itself well to covers because at the at the base of it punk is pretty simple right yeah so you can take that and do a lot of different things with it so it is Plus, again, I don't think they're like trying to outdo it yeah no I, yeah i don't think so either i don't think they're trying to outdo mumford and sons and i think that's that's why punk is does lend itself so well to it. That's why, you know, pop goes punk was a cultural phenomenon because it's like, oh shit, yeah, this sounds awesome. Yeah. So there's not eight of them for for no reason, and <laughs> yeah. they they did so many. I think there's like twelve punkos albums. It's not not this podcast. No, I'll let I'll let you go with your first pick. <laughs> okay. So my first pick is uh, "Hurt" by Johnny Cash, which is a Nine Inch Nails cover. Um, and I think like a lot of people, I grew up thinking that this was just a Johnny Cash song. Uh, it's because the way he performs this, it's, it, it's Johnny fucking cash, right? He's the king of storytelling. Nobody has told better stories than Johnny cash through music. In my opinion. Um, I mean, just listen to the boy named Sue. It's a goofy song, but the way the payoff in the boy named Sue is so fucking good. My name is Sue. How do you do? As he's like throwing his dad out the bar after he finds that's so fucking good. Um, anyway, again, not this song. I do this every fucking week. <laughs> um, but he recorded this, I think, shortly after his wife died, and he kind of knew he was at the end of the road. And it's so gut wrenching when you listen to it, and you can hear like the old grizzled man kind of reflecting back on his life in that. I would trade it all, you know, my, my empire of dirt. And it's just like the lyrics are so fucking good for a man at the end of his life and just kind of reflecting on his career and his life. And, oh man, like I legitimately, when I was listening to my notes, listen, I, I started crying this morning when I was listening to it. Cause it just, there's a certain part where like 
it starts building like the music behind them starts building louder and louder. It starts crescendoing and it's just like, fuck man, this is like just listening to the pain in Johnny's voice. It's, it's, it hurts. It hurts. And it really does. You know, Trent Reznor is a genius. Um, that's not in question, but this is, this is Johnny Cash's song now. And I think Trent, Trent even acknowledged that too. He's like, cause at first he was very dismissive of it. And then he kind of saw the re- reaction it was getting, and he listened to it again. He's like, "Yeah, he like he fucking you got You got to embrace Johnny Cash yeah. covering your song, dude. That's like the highest praise you can have." Yeah, I mean, like I said, Trent Reznor's a genius. He's won multiple Emmys at this point. Um, but th- this is one instance where you your version is good, but it's almost too weird. Johnny really killed the emotion of the piece. Yeah, uh, the cover just makes me so sad. It's so sad. If, it feels like a man that's like at the end and yeah. he's got all these regrets and it's like you kind of turn back and look at all the wreckage you've caused and it's like damn what you didn't have to do that to us dude you didn't have like it just takes on a whole new meaning when you hear it from an old man rather than i don't know how old trent was when he. i wrote feel like it, it's but. almost like trent the nine inch nails version is like like almost like a junkie dealing with his addiction yeah. kind of thing and the, through the lens of an old man, it just takes it, it, it hits more people in a place that they can relate to. Yeah. And also like the movie Logan, which yeah. was like the end of the Wolverine saga. And it was just like to hear that playing too. When he, I think it plays when he dies or may, I, I don't know. It's all blur. I haven't watched the movie Logan in a while, but I remember seeing it in the trailer and like getting choked up. Like, Dang, Wolverine's at the end, man. Like, how am I emotional about Wolverine? It's because of this song. It just tears on the the heartstrings. And this is the first time I'd heard the Nine Inch Nails version. And uh, it just kind of pales in comparison, if you ask me. It does. It's not bad. But it is very, very weird. This is like Nine Inch Nails at their peak. Like, weirdness. And uh, it just felt like momentum was building to nothing. I think that was... Probably intentional, but yeah, go yeah. ahead. But Johnny Cash kind of does the same thing where it's like, dun, like you can hear the the build up, and then it's like, dun, dun, ding. Yeah. But like for that, it kind of makes sense. Like the whole build up, and then what do you have now? Mm-hmm. And I think Nine Inch Nails was going for that too, but it just wasn't executed yeah. as well. Yeah. Did you have you watched the video Johnny Cash's video? No. Holy buckets! It's sad as fuck, dude. Because really? he looks like I mean, he looks he's all super old at this point. I think he died shortly after recording this, and um, it's really fucking sad, dude. Like it's all shot in black and white, and it's literally him like sitting in a chair, like looking out a window, reflecting. It shows like like b b roll of his like career. Man, it's it's fucking heart wrenching. Like I said, it made me cry just listening to it this morning. So it's it's great if you haven't listened to this i don't first of all i don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast get your get your musical weight up (laughs) yeah no business listening to this podcast (laughs) go do some homework and come back um but no go listen to it because it is great i think it's just something it's it transcends anything it doesn't matter what your biases are that's just it's it really kind of hits you because everybody ages right Mm -hmm. nobody is escape can escape the shackles of time and so yeah it really kind of hits home so my next pick, 99 Red Balloons by Goldfinger. Uh, Luft Balloons. The original is yeah. called 99 <laughs> Luft Balloons by Nina. Yeah. Um, shout out to my shorty. Uh, she turned me on to the Goldfinger version. Mm-hmm. Uh, her and I were just listening to music a few weeks ago, and she was like, this is like my favorite cover of all time. So she put this on, and I was like, oh, it does go hard. Um, but late 90s, early 2000s pop punk they slayed the covers. We've, yep. we've talked about it a little bit already, but you know, this song's firing on all cylinders and it does the whole third verse in German, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, it's a cool touch. Um, but we also have good production value, like pop punk early, early two thousands, late nineties. You're not sure what you're going to get, but the lead singer, John Feldman, who we've mentioned before during the used, uh, he's a great music producer. He's won a bunch of awards. He's made a bunch of money just being a producer. You can feel his touch in this where it's super crisp. And I think that's what separates it from being like a normal cover, just turning it into a great song. Yeah. The, the loof balloon version is fun. It reminds me of scrubs. There's a, a quick aside from scrubs where they're like, what if you could, <laughs> what if 
someone's not actually dying. Instead, you're just like kicking 99 red balloons in this room. <laughs> and so the German version's playing and JD and this patient are kicking balloons around. <laughs> it's like a funny, like little mental thing where yeah. he's trying to deal with having to tell people bad news. Anyway, I really like the cover. The original version's kind of weird. I would have never listened to it on my own, but the, I, I listened to it because of the cover. Had you never heard the, the original version before? Before Scrubs? Yeah. No. Interesting. Because I feel like this song is pretty well known. You just, I, 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 I don't know. Did you look into the like original meaning at all? Because I feel like I think I remember like watching a show where like the original, like the actual meaning of this song is pretty sinister. Like I think there's like a 99 red loof balloons is like a, like an anti-war thing or something like that. It's pretty serious, but you wouldn't tell it. You wouldn't be able to tell that by the way it sounds. Yeah. Excuse me. It sounds kind of goofy. Um, but I think it's, this song's been covered a few times too. And I think it's because it is so goofy. It's a strange little song. And I think that makes it fun for people to cover because you can go a lot of directions with it. Like you can throw a lot of distortion on it, kind of like you did here, made it very punk pop, pop punky. Uh, or you can take it to, you can go super sad with it. You can do like a minor, like you can do like, I could see like a solo pianist playing this in like a very sad way. Uh, it's, it's, I think it would be a really fun song to cover, but, and I think uh Goldfinger here did a really good job. It, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter what the original content is because that's not what, why you cover a song, right? You do it because like, yeah, this would be fun to play. Let's do this to it. Uh, yeah. And I think that's where the way they approached it, you know, again, again, this brought me back to like, Dave Mira BMX for the PS one. This is absolutely a, it was probably on one of those extreme sports games for the PS one that were fucking everywhere. And I I think that's, it's such a cool thing for me to relive because I really did love that. I was really into like pop punk at the time as well, because it was just, it's, it's cool. Like it's just a cool, like rebellious youth kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was cool to come back to that in a song in a package of a song that I already was familiar with. So, um, Ready to move on to my next one here, which is Easy by Faith No More, which was originally done by the Commodores, or a lot of people just associated with Lionel Richie as well. Um, I fucking love Faith No More. I don't think that's any secret. Uh, and then this is just Mike Patton doing Mike Patton things. It's Faith No More. They're, they're always super clean production. And Mike Patton to me is a top three vocalist of all time. And so to say that somebody outdid Lionel Richie in a vocal department is, is a high praise, but I really think he does. I think he outdoes Lionel Richie in a, in a massive way here. Uh, you know, and I think this, this version of the song is at once kind of poking fun at the original Commodore's version, but also paying like a very strong homage to it at the same time. Like, cause I think what makes it feel pokey funny is the, Ew, right before the guitar solo and that's in the original one but it's more of like a oh and he just goes Ew. It's, just, it's very goofy it's very yeah. mike Patton humor like very childish um but it really is it's a great well-constructed cover and it doesn't change a whole lot it, like the tempo is a little bit slower and it's got more of like a small like room g like jazz piano club feel to it than the original does and it's just it's just a more it's shorter too. They cut out a couple of verses and it's just like a more tasty morsel of a great song. And just Mike Patton kills this vocal, man. I just really, really, really love this version of the song. The way it's, he phrases the, the, the verses is a little bit cooler, I think too. Yeah. So anyway, and you know, not to, not to d- diminish the Commodore's version cause it is iconic, but this faith no more version I think is by far the, the better version of the two. For sure. And I, I didn't know this was a cover. Yeah. I, like uh, I'd heard the Commodore's version, obviously, but to hear this cover, you're like, damn, I remember you talking about Faith No More and like his his vocal chops. And I was always kind of skeptical, like y- you get like a snippet of an album, which I think was from 1989. Was the one yeah, it was the first Mike Patton album. So he hadn't really. So it's been like n- nine months since we did that album. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of things that are a little bit fuzzy about that. But holy shit, this dude has chops. Yeah. It feels like he dug he dug deep and like went for the soul on mm-hmm. this. And if you're comp- if you're trying to cover Lionel Richie, you don't want to sound shittier. <laughs> yeah, so right. I think he was like, I can't do this wrong, so I have to like go all out. Mm-hmm. But I love this cover. Um, it doesn't have all the fancy 
things. I think it's like a more simple version. Yeah, it's but I down, also think sure. that's more palatable if you're going for all vocal. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. Um, but I think that's that's part of its charm, and I think he sounds a lot like Elton John, and I don't think it's an accident. I saw you write that, and I was like, man, I never thought about that before, but I can definitely see it. Do you think just with the the minimalist production of it, like with the very heavy piano and like the booming vocals that he has, um, especially that I want to be high. It sounds very Elton John-ish. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good comparison, even though I'd never really drawn that, even though I love both artists a lot. Like yeah. Elton John's one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, so yeah, you it's, give, you give me a hundred picks. I would have never guessed fate no more. For this cover? For this cover. Yeah. Like, I would have never thought this This was the same piece. Yeah, this comes from the Angel Dust album, which a lot of people consider to be their best. Um, and I, I remember think, you talking about that yep. now, now that you say that. This is like the last track on that album, which I think is a great way to end an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's just it's really, really good. I, it, and again, I could, you sent me a meme about Faith No More fans, and it's, it's 100% true. I am that guy. They did influence a lot of people that people don't know about. I, it, definitely, if you haven't listened to Faith No More, at least give like, at least give Angel Dust a listen. Um, if not that, like King for Day, Fool for a Lifetime, one pick, just pick an album, and yeah. you're, you're gonna like it. I'm sure of it. Uh, so my third pick. Wow, we're already at three. Um, All too well. <laughs> By Rustin Kelly. Yeah. Are you, you good over there? You unplugged like eight I've things at once. I've got some cord management <laughs> issues. I'm so sorry. It's okay. My iPad says it's at 5%, so he he rules the biz. Okay. Um, we, had to have, we have to have one horrible radio moment. every <laughs> This week it was Dylan plugging in his iPad. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> this is, that was your ASMR <laughs> for, the, for the week, even though you couldn't hear it. Uh, so All Too Well by Rustin Kelly originally done by taylor swift Mm -hmm. now i'm gonna let you go first because i'm curious your thoughts i didn't read your notes um it's probably a good thing (laughs) so i you and i i don't know if we've talked about it we've we've got our like our hate list of people we probably will never cover their albums talked about you two we talked about green day who else we got well for me it would be taylor swift i I don't don't ever 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 want to talk about a taylor swift album i think there's just like people that are so gung ho for her that it makes me hate her more. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't give her a fair shake because people just shove it down your throat. Yeah. Um, so that being said, when I heard this Rustin Kelly cover, he's one of my favorite artists and I've been waiting for an opportunity to talk about him. So when I found this cover and it was just like, Oh my God. And then I found out it was a Taylor Swift song. I was like, okay. But like the vocal or the, the lyrics are great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great song, but I love his performance. So I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. So the first thing I wrote was, boy, I fucking hate Taylor Swift with the burning passion of a thousand fiery suns. I really fucking hate her. She doesn't deserve any of the credit that she gets. I mean, she's okay, right? She started out as a mediocre country artist. She figured there'd be more money in pop. She was right. She became massively popular with a very specific age range of little girls who we all know are passionate about their things. I mean, just look at BTS fangirls on the internet. They're the fucking, they're the most vicious people in the world. Um, I just don't find her, her style of music to be creative or interesting or full of anything. It just feels very empty. It feels very corporate. Um, even though I know it's not, I know she, she's a, she's a, she writes her most of her stuff. I mean, she doesn't write all of it, but she writes a, a lot of it. And, hearing this Rustin Kelly version, it really uh, pissed me off because I had to kind of through the back door, admit that Taylor Swift isn't that bad of a songwriter because I really do like this version. I think a lot of it is because of like the lyrical content. Uh, and it's, it's very stereotypical country shit, right? It's like all about like, I don't even really, it's just, there's a lot of those buzzwords in there, dirt roads, all that shit. And there's a slide guitar, which I, I think might be my least favorite instrument of all time. So if you can make me like a song with slide guitar in it, you're doing something right. And that that's that was accomplished here. And I yeah. think he really took a song that I probably I've never heard the Taylor Swift version. I refuse to listen to it for this podcast. <laughs> I just can't do that's it, fair. dude. I just don't like her. I just can't. I have this mental block with her. And I like yeah, I have to admit, yes, obviously she's she's doing something right. She's made more money than I could ever make in a hundred lifetimes. Uh, she's massively successful in the music business, which is something I wish I could be. Um, so 
maybe it's just sour grapes. I don't know. But either way, this this version of this song makes a Taylor Swift song palatable to me. And that that in and of itself is a huge, huge compliment for me. Yeah. Um he he duped me too. Because he <laughs> made he uh grew up on emo music much like I did, yeah. and he started making Americana kind of country, but he doesn't really call himself Americana or country. Mm-hmm. He kind of it kind of nestles kind of in the middle. He released an EP called Dirt Emo, and he put a bunch of songs. He covered a My Chemical Romance, Blink-182, uh, Saves the Day, like a bunch of big artists that I listened to growing up, so I was really excited. So I got to All Too Well, and I listened to it, and I was like, damn, this song kills. Mm-hmm. And I watched an interview, and he's like, yeah, I covered Taylor Swift because she's emo as hell. Whether she wants to like admit it or not, she's emo. Yeah. And I was like, you fucking duped me, Justin. <laughs> you got I tr- me. <laughs> I trusted you. You rat bastard. You got me. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, his vocals is what makes a difference in this song. Mm-hmm. I can't stand the way she sings sometimes. Even if she's like trying to get emotional, it's just like you raised you raised your voice. Yeah, she seemed. I don't know. She seems very visco girl to me, right? Just very overly passionate about shit that doesn't matter, and it all. And at, at that point, it's like the boy who cried wolf. It's like none of the shit matters because you are so crazy about everything in your life. It all rings false. Yeah, she just seems very fake to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to trample over you there. I, I will say, I listened to Taylor Swift's version. It might be her best song. Um, maybe I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I, I've I've heard her say like on interviews and stuff because I watched her tiny desk one day mm-hmm. and she said that this was the song that they tried to get off her record because they said it would never sell and she was just very passionate about it so it made it on the record so that that kind of adds to the T Swift lore but still Rustin Kelly knocks it out of the park yeah it's, it's a much better version I think. no yeah I I mean like I said I I mean I didn't listen to the full song I should I did listen to it a little bit I was like god damn it I don't want to listen to Taylor Swift yeah I get and it. I and I really do like I because I listen to the way we construct the pod li- the pod list <laughs> the pod list <laughs> the playlist was that we had the cover first so I heard the Rustin Kelly version first I was like yeah this is this is cool I like this I can get behind this it's not necessarily my cup of tea but I'm not hating it either so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, Taylor Swift, I hate you. Um, but you know, I guess you're a good songwriter. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I'll toss you a pun. <laughs> uh, so next is, uh, whiskey in the jar by Metallica. Uh, it's originally, I guess you can say originally it was a thin Lizzy song. They're the earliest recording I know of it. Um, plus I love thin Lizzy. So I just wanted to talk about them again this week. Um, it's it's an it's an old Irish folk song. I'm pretty sure that Thin Lizzy brought back to life. Um, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Am I going out of order here? No. Okay. <laughs> so uh, no. So yeah, Metallica did a um, a whole cover album like in the middle of the '90s, like what I consider the dead era of Metallica, where all of their shit was terrible for the most part. But Garage Inc. was actually really cool. Like they had a really a lot of really cool covers on this album. Like their cover of Turn the Page is really fucking cool. And, um, I could have, I wanted to pick that too, but I was like, nah, I'll do whiskey in the jar because I have a more personal connection with both versions of this song. I really love the thin Lizzy version. Like I said, it's more folky, but it's still got kind of like that seventies rock sensibility to it. Mm-hmm. But then Metallica comes along and it just puts some B A W L S balls on this fucking song. It's from the big, from the jump. It's just in your face, like it's got that that '90s Metallica song like sound that I hate. It's like kind of fake metal, um, but it it, it, just, it works for covers, I think. And I, I think it's I don't know. It just really works here for this song. And I think what really makes it stand out is James Hetfield's vocal performance here. It, he really just kind of shows why he's one of the better metal front men of all time. He's just got a really really good like heavy hard rock voice. And I've talked about it before. He's just got the best yeah in the in the business, and it, it, he really kind of he he's personified. It, he's like melted that down into its essence for this for this album and this song specifically. So I really 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 like this cover, and I do think it might be slightly better than the Thin Lizzy version, even though I've got a real soft spot in my heart for for Thin Lizzy here. See, 
This might be the first Metallica song I've actually liked. <laughs> so I read that and I was like, "Oh wow, wowzers!" I know I've been keeping this one close to my chest. <laughs> I love. Metallica. I'm not like I'm not like a closeted hate, but it just most of the time I'm like, I don't get it. You know? Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it probably has a lot to do with because you grew up in the load and reload era, and those albums fucking suck for the most part. Yeah, it's it's kind of been like, oh, I've heard one Metallica song, so I've heard them all. Same mm-hmm. with ACDC. Like, yeah. there's a lot of times. If you grow up and you hear the same songs from the same artists over and over again on the radio, that's what you associate that's with. That's fair. WBN probably ruined Metallica for you. Yeah. Like the the rock radio station we have around here plays the same Metallica songs over and over again. So I've kind of just been like a so what person when it comes to Metallica, but to hear them shred and like it kind of feels like power metal, like more fun mm-hmm. and just like I don't know. It didn't seem like they were going for like a cause or like a. It was when you do a cover, you're not worried about the the lyrical content yeah. as much like making the song sound fun. Yeah, and I exactly. think that's what this song is. It it feels like '70s and '80s like hair metal almost, which is better than normal Metallica that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So I asked myself, do I need to give Metallica a better shake? And I think the answer is yes, but. That's for another day. Yeah. The original is cool, but I really do not like the distorted vocals. I get that. I get that for sure. Cause it's not something I super love either. Um, I just love thin Lizzy. <laughs> like that guy has such a good voice. Why would yeah. you distort it? It's I'd, like T-Pain doing all that auto tune for all them years. That guy could sing. <laughs> you could kidding me? Sing. What are you doing? What are you doing? T-Pain? Who knows? T-Pain, he found a niche and he exploited it. By the way, if uh, this is a complete tangent, but if you don't follow T-Pain on Twitch, He's one of the better follows on Twitter. He just gets on there and does awesome live sets, man. He just kills it. He's he he so roasts people and shit. It's so funny, dude. Yeah, he's great. T Pain is is an underrated entertainer. He's like Little John for me. Like yeah. they, he never pretended to be anything he wasn't. And I just kind of wrote him off like, who's this goofy motherfucker? But then like you as you get older, you're like, oh shit, like that. Good for him. He found a shtick and fucking ran with it. That's yeah. awesome. So, um, total, total tangent here. It has nothing to do with Metallica's Distorted vocals is what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I mean, he has such a good voice, and it just felt like I like Thin Lizzy. I, I've been listening to them more because of you, and just like to hear distorted vocals kind of took me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Phil Lynott is a god. Like I said, I think he's got a, a statue in uh, uh, Dublin. So. Yeah. Uh, so, my next pick Wait So Long by Motion City Soundtrack. Originally done by Trampled by Turtles. Um, how it, it, this was one of the more difficult ones. I wanted to mention it because it's such a good cover. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's better. Sure. Um, but you know, how do you pick between like power pop and <laughs> bluegrass? It's so, so very different. But I just love my uh, Emotion City soundtracks uh, spin on this um, Motion City soundtrack. Their version was the first one I'd heard. Mm-hmm. They did a split with Trampled by Turtles. They did a cover of a Trampled by Turtles song. Trampled by Turtles did a Motion City song. That's cool. And it was it was a cool split. So it didn't feel like you know they were trying to gain recognition. They both were kind of just you know split splitting the love. And Justin Courtney Pierre, who's the lead singer of Motion City soundtrack, he lays into this vocal he performance, does. dude. And I think that's what separates it, like. And there's just so much energy to their version. Yeah. When he's like, so long. And then it just like soars into this guitar solo. It's like, God, I love bluegrass. But like you add a drummer to the bluegrass band and then you'll have me. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, <laughs> if Trampled by Turtles had a drummer, I would be into it. Sure. Um, you don't like the the whiskey jug? The boop, boop. <laughs> I don't even think that's in this, this I'm song. I'm about momentum. Like, <laughs> sure. I'm car- if you carry momentum throughout a song, that's where I'm in. Um, but, I, you know... <sighs> God, there's just so many parts of this song that I love. And uh, when you think it's like slowing down, it just kicks right back up. Mm-hmm. I, there's, I, I don't have enough kind words to say about this, but I do love the original version. What's not to love about a bluegrass band <laughs> called Trampled by Turtles? Bluegrass fucking rocks, dude. It's yeah. just so fucking, if you don't like bluegrass, you ain't got a pulse as, as far <laughs> as I'm going there. It's just, it's just happy music. Even if it's about something terribly sad, it's just, I don't know. It makes you want to be in a holler in West Virginia. You know what I mean? It just, for some reason, it's so, it's so ingrained in all of our DNA, that kind of bluegrassiness about bluegrass. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, no, I, I I did not expect a Trampled by Turtles cover this week. It's the, one of the last things I expected because for me, Trampled by Turtles is one of those like music acts that everybody knows but nobody really listens to. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I like Trampled by Turtles. Oh, yeah? Name like four of their songs because <laughs> I can't. I think I like them too, but <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just one of those weird things. Um, to me, it's like, I don't know. I know there's a lot of my friends like the tallest man on earth, but I feel like a lot of people know about the tallest man on earth, but they don't really listen to him. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I think I like him. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of, it's a little tangent there, but like I said, it was, I was not expecting to hear a trampled by turtles cover specific, certainly not by motion city soundtrack. Um, but yeah, no, I really do. I think I agree with you on a lot of your points about the cover. It does bring a like a massively different energy. I think they both have a lot of very forward kinetic energy, like bluegrass just does naturally. But there's like a bigger production to the Motion City soundtrack one. It almost feels like the difference of like you're performing at the the county fair versus you're doing a stadium tour. That's kind of the difference between the two. And I think there's something to be said for that. I really do like the energy that uh, Motion City Soundtrack brought to this track. And um, no, I think I like the original version just because I like bluegrass better. Yeah. Like I just, I have a soft spot in my heart for bluegrass. I'm always going to love it. It always makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do. I think you're right on pretty much everything you said about the the cover. It's really fun. It's got high energy. It, it, it just makes you kind of want to get out of your seat and you know, really enjoy a, a completely different version of a song that you might pretend that you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm excited to talk about both these bands at some point because I know yeah. we will. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, we're off the beaten cliff. I don't know if you've listened to much Motion City, but... No, not um, really. I'm aware of them, but I've never really listened to them in depth. Yeah, and Trampled by Turtles, I've heard a lot of good songs. They They have a cover that I was going to pick, but I was like... I don't know if it's better, and so I kind of left it. I almost kind of like the fact that you went with almost all pop punk covers. You said you weren't going to do pop, but goes punk, but you kind of did your own version of yeah, it. Yeah, so. it was like the deep cuts only. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I will do say, the hard work. I will say I listened to this um, this morning for my notes listen on my TV, and the picture of Motion City Soundtrack they put up there made me want to fucking kill them all. They're all so dumb looking. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. The album artwork for the cover is so cool. No, the album artwork is probably fine, but this is like a promotional picture that they put up of the band. And oh, they the all... lead singer looks like a, a mad scientist. Holy it cow. Like long sideburns and long curly hair that I, like they, sticks up. They all look like the worst kids from high school. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk to any of you. <laughs> You're all fucking weird in a way that's not comfortable for me. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't let that cloud my judgment. I tried to come at it with an unbiased That's view. That's very big of you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. It was really hard for me. Um, but yeah, no, I just, that was just a little side. They all look very, very goofy and at least in that picture at least. So, uh, moving on. So my next pick, if you were alive and able to be consciously remembering music, you will absolutely remember this cover of this song, which is Alien Ant Farm's cover of Smooth Criminal. This shit was fucking everywhere. It's still everywhere. Still everywhere, because it is that, it's that good of a cover. And it's weird because Alien Ant Farm doesn't have a career outside of this cover. It's right. Their one hit wonder was somebody else's. I don't know. Like I listened to alien ant farm like briefly after the song came out. I was like, yeah, whatever. They're fine. Yeah. Um, but this cover is so fucking good. Like they nailed this cover. Like I don't can't imagine anyone covering a Michael Jackson song better than what they did here. And it's that kind of, it's again, it's that early two thousands, like, for some reason there was just the golden era of covers for me and it just they really fucking slayed this man it's just it's got a lot it's got so much more ass behind it like the original michael jackson version is really fucking cool and i it's i can't say the alien ant farm song is better because it's michael jackson he's the king of pop he's maybe the most influential artist of all time arguably uh, and so I can't but say. But when you think of Smooth Criminal, I think the Alien Ant Farm one sits. Yes, is more ubiquitous. And I think that's. Mind. I think that's why this choice for them was so smart, right? They didn't pick like Michael Jackson's most popular song. They didn't pick Bad. They didn't pick Billy Jean. They didn't pick Billy Jean. They didn't pick like this is a song that people know from Michael Jackson from, from Moodwalker 
or from the alien ant firm cover of it. And yeah. it's just, it, it was such a smart choice. And I think that's why it works so well because it is, it's a cool song. There's a lot to work with there. Fucking sick. Hook they already this. had the bass. It's so good. Just like the bass line is such a good, like guitar riff. And it, oh man. It's so I, like, I love the alien ant farm version and I felt, it felt so bad for me to put this on here, but the more I listened to it, I was like, no, nah, this is just legitimately good. Like, all jokes about Alien Ant Farm aside, how you know how they don't really have a career outside of this. Um, they're just kind of a mediocre, like hardcore rock kind of punk band. Um, it's just so good. It's so fun. Like they they upped the tempo almost like double. It feels and it just gives it like a almost like a party vibe to it. Whereas the original one is like almost like a film noir version to it. And yeah. I do, I do really miss the, the just beefy baseline from the Michael Jackson in the chorus. It's just, it's so sexy, dude. Like Michael Jackson's, it was such a master at making like just beautiful baselines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny because Michael Jackson like composed like the music for Sonic two. <laughs> like he was involved, very heavily involved with the Genesis, like Sega and Genesis. And this song kind of sounds like a Sonic song to me really when you does. listen to it and like, Oh yeah, that's fucking awesome. This sounds like kind of like a lava stage or something like that. And like the, the, hearing that on the baseline it's like oh yeah that's fucking so sexy good for you michael so like it's again i can't say this is better but it may took its fucking best fucking swing and it connected oh yeah yeah i don't i don't have a whole lot to add i, I said kind of the same things uh, besides the fact that they added balls and i yeah. that's weird that we both wrote that b-a-w-l balls we both wrote it on two different songs <laughs> yeah. we i think it's just proof that we've been hanging out too much maybe <laughs> um but it makes you feel what the other version was missing. Yes. Um, just like, I hate to use the word two songs in a row, but momentum. Like, it had, like, yeah. it makes you want to sing along more than, like, the other version did. This is more accessible from a vocal standpoint, too, because, Michael. I mean, Michael Jackson is, again, one of the better vocalists ever to live. And so you get a guy who's just kind of, like, doing like a punky version of it. It's yeah. like, yeah, I can fucking sing along to this when I'm drunk. Hell yeah. yeah, let's go. And I won't make a fool of myself. It's yeah. I mean, oh, fuck, Plus yeah. the guitar solo that they throw in at mm-hmm. the very end is, is pretty fucking great too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Um, so yeah, let's, let's move on to, I think this is your last one, right? It is it's flying um, right or wrong along here. My last one is your graduation by stand Atlantic originally done by modern baseball. I wrote it out and I'm nervous about doing it. So I'm going to wait here a minute. Um, this song brings me back to life. What? <laughs> it talked about how you're nervous and then your voice cracked immediately after. <laughs> um. This song brings me back to life, dude. There's no Sorry. other way around it. I love, 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 love modern baseball's version. Yeah. Uh, I love modern baseball and it kind of makes me a hypocrite because I hate what emo has become. But this is like the kind of the beginning stages of Midwestern emo. And I don't really like where it's gone from here. But here, this is like the perfect song for a girl that like you're friends with, but you both kind of like each other. And it's like you finally are at a point where you're like, you have to say something now. You're at the graduation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And this is like the perfect song of like, I'm getting my feelings out. And sorry if you don't want to hear it. I guess I'll talk to you in a few months. Like and just like. It, you can feel the kind of erraticness of like a 21, 22 year old. And it has that whole feeling of the like bullshit. You fucking miss me there. I said, I guess I'll talk to you in a few months. Like yeah. that's so perfectly executed. And even like after the first chorus, they'll do the little like little rap part mm-hmm. um, with the bass solo. And I just, there's so much I love about this song, but stand Atlantic, the vocal performance is just so much better. Yeah. It, objectively i love modern baseball he's just so nasally it's hard to like want to suggest that to people because it's like so jarring if you're not ready for it but stand atlantic turned it into like a a fun song and it's fun to sing along to both ways but i think stand atlantic did it better because it's more accessible yeah yeah that's absolutely true i agree with that point 100 percent. but i do i think i like the modern baseball version a lot better and I, I'll explain why here in a second, but I, I, I want to say I'd never heard this song either version before this podcast. I didn't know about, I had no idea Stand Atlantic or Modern Baseball were a thing in the world. Um, but I really like both versions of this song. And I, I, I think the reason 
modern baseball stands out to me is because when I first heard it, I like I listened to the Stand Atlantic version. I was like, okay, cool, this is cool. I, this is a very Dylan pick. Like I get why he likes this. It's a cool, fun, not fun, but like it's got energy to it, and I get it, and it's it's good. But then I heard the modern baseball version pop in. I was like, oh shit, this sounds kind of like early punk to me, like Ramones era punk. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Like good, like because I'm not a huge fan of the Ramones. Like I think they're massively overrated. But I like that era of punk a lot, like Bad Brains, all that early punk. And this, this very much reminded me of it. And I think the accessibility and the production value of the Stand Atlantic version, which obviously is objectively better. This is kind of counter to everything I've ever said on this podcast, where I prefer the rawness of this version, where it's it doesn't have the big production value and it doesn't have the polish and sheen because it's it, it, it it's it's a very specific moment in time that sound, and I think it just is really cool to kind of revisit all the time. I can't listen to it all the time. Like people that only listen to like hardcore punk from like the eighties, I'm like, what? You're missing out on so much of the world. <laughs> Yeah, but it is really cool to listen to from time to time. And, uh, this really, it just immediately sent me back to like a cool place. Like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go back and listen to hardcore punk now. Like I, I could feel that kick coming on because yeah. of this modern baseball version. And I think that gave it kind of an unfair advantage over the, the cover because like I did, I did really like the cover. And again, like I always say, people who like listening to vinyl record new 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 albums on vinyl are stupid because you're missing out on the production value of the digital copy yeah and don't tell me it sounds better because it objectively doesn't um but i think there there is a there is an argument to be made that there is a certain feel to vinyl and there is a certain feel to punk that is raw and a lot of people in the metal community will say the same thing like they like raw sounding demos because it's just it's not as corporate and it's more closer to the soul of what the music is so yeah Again, really like both, but the just again that that rawness kind of made it feel more authentic to me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked both. I, I wasn't sure how you're going to feel. Yeah, no, I really, baseball. I really did like both, and I like again I, a lot of punk. Like I saw your graduation, I was like, okay, it's just about being a snot nosed teen, and but I really did like I like both a lot. Like I think every pretty much everything you picked here, and I'm not a huge fan of pop punk. It just gets kind of whiny to me, but I, I really do like a lot of the shit that you picked here, and uh, I think I'm coming around to it. Like you, you're like, yeah, I'm slowly converting you to my shit, but I think you're picking the right stuff for me that I'm, you know, I'm gonna like. There's enough of my world in these things that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly coming around to. Like, yeah, not all of this is terrible. We're tearing down each other's <laughs> walls. <That's right. laughs> if we don't convert any listener, we converted each other. That's right, and that, that's really why we did this in the beginning for their first place. Is like, yeah. Hey, we like a lot of the same stuff, but not really. So let's let's challenge each other. How can I force my friend to listen to music? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's right. It's the, it's the big quantity. Like, there's nothing more tense than showing your friends a song that you like, right? And so we just, yeah. we that's just what, that's why I haven't read any of your notes because I kind of <laughs> wanted to hear it. I don't want to read it and be like, oh, what the fuck? So it's, I'm like, it's, I just plan a defense. Like, I want to hear it organically. Yeah, I, I agree, I, but I find it so hard to not read your shit because I'm like, oh, I want to know. I want to <laughs> know what he thinks. Um, so yeah, let's get into my last pick here. Um, this is kind of stretching the rules of the playlist a little bit, but I think they're the two versions are so different that it's okay. Plus it's Tiesto. So fuck off. Tiesto is amazing. Um, I picked obsessed, um, the Tiesto remix. It's originally by Dinoro, um, and Ina Roldson. W R O L D S E N. These they the obviously are American born, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, more <laughs> most likely not, most likely and definitely not. So, uh, full transparency, I had never listened to the original Dinoro version before this uh, this episode, and I really I fucking love it. And like the like, I'll get into the Tiesto remix in a second, but the original version is very cool. It's very sexy, um, and I think. Uh, Ina or Ina, however you say her first name, Roldson fucking slays this vocal, dude. It's one of my favorite vocal performances I've heard in a very, very long time. And I, I don't think it's just, it, I don't, because I, I originally thought it's like, oh yeah, just Tiesto's arrangement sound made it sound really cool. But no, she, like the original, she fucking slays. It's almost better than the original. What is it about, you think, about these kind of songs that like, female vocalists who are super not well known just end up shining so hard. I, don't I, know. I remember Avicii had one mm-hmm. and another EP you picked had just like these unknown female vocalists who just like come on and crush from the, it from Julian Kaler. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know, man. I think I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of these DJs are European, so maybe it's just they're not well known to the American audience. Yeah. They may have a following in the country they're from, but I think just EDM in general kind of lends itself very well to the female vocal. I think it because I, I don't like male vocals as much, near as much in EDM as I do female vocal. I think it's just the 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 pitch of a female voice works just much better with EDM. They can hit that like ethereal feel yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. better too. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think there's just something about a female. I, I love female vocalists. I'm obsessed with female vocalists. I think I enjoy listening to female vocalists more than I do male vocalists on the whole. Yeah. Like pound for pound, I guess, if you want to say it that way. Um, but I don't know. I guess that's a good question. But it really does. It's, it's it's a strange phenomenon in EDM where it's just a lot of these female vocalists that nobody's ever heard of, really. They just fucking slay these tracks. Um, and Miss, Miss Worldson, Roldson. <laughs> Is no exception here. Um, so again, I really love the original. Um, but Tiesto chopped and screwed a cool little, cool, like little room sound into an absolute festival banger, dude. That first drop, I, dude, it's impossible not to listen to that at, at max volume. It's so, so good. And like, it's almost unfair for me to pick this because when you know the godfather of an entire genre remixes your song you're gonna lose you're gonna lose he's still on top of his game after doing it for 30 years uh he's just the best he's the best to ever have done it and then you know it's saying a lot from somebody who loves daft punk but daft punk was different they were they were more um they did it differently than than tiesto did it and i just i think there's no better performer in edm than than Tiesto and he, there's no better remixer in EDM than Tiesto. Like he, he has an entire playlist of just his remixes and they're all fucking fire. Every single one of them. And this is no exception. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. And when you said something about a festival, you know, I, I felt like I wanted to wear a white shirt to a paint party and I don't know if those are still a thing, <laughs> I but think, I don't think so, <laughs> but showing my I, age, I knew exactly what you meant. I want to put hater shades on, wear yeah. my white t-shirt to a paint party. Yeah. You want to go to a, like, what is the, the foam concerts they used to do? Yes. Um, but the build up to the chorus and like, there's a mini beat drop the first, and mm-hmm. then it just gets, feels like it gets bigger as the song goes on. <sighs> I think you're just slowly converting me, man. I think there's no getting around it. Here's the thing. I think everybody loves EDM. It's just a matter of to what degree they know it yet. Yeah. Because it really is. It's undeniable, right? It's undeniable. It's, it's EDM is the only music that can be specifically produced without flaw to sound good to the human ear. And I think it's just once you get over the stigma of it being like a, uh, I don't know, it's, it's come so far from like the European Euro trash that everybody kind of associates with like tech, techno and EDM. It really is a legitimate art form. And like I said, it's specifically engineered to sound good to the human ear. And there is no sour notes because it's digital, right? So... I don't know. You have a very specific version of EDM. You like very vocal EDM and that's cool because it tells a story and that's where your, your touchstones are. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the same thing. I like big house. I, I think there's, there's very different versions of EDM that people, anybody can find a touchstone that's familiar to them and people like to dance. It's in our DNA. Oh yeah. Like tr- tribes back to the beginning of time have had music in it's they They always use it to dance, whether it be ritualistic or just for fucking fun. People love to move Yeah, and that's, what edm at its core is it's like get up out your fucking seat and move and sweat and have fun and that's that's why i think everybody likes edm it's just whether you admit it or not or you just haven't listened to the right thing right do you like fucking i don't know do you like michael jackson do you like the any sort of disco do you like any sort of like funk if you do there's an edm artist out there for you and there you have it there you have kevin's converted us all (laughs) Drink the Kool-Aid. We will ride into the sunset together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you, so you did not have a song of the no, show, No, I do. Correct? I do. Oh, sick. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead, because I'm pulling up mine, because I so forgot what it was. my song of the show, All My Favorite Songs by Weezer, featuring AJR. Uh, Ooh, AJR, interesting. Yes. I had no idea how similar Weezer and AJR's yeah. vocalists sound yeah. until I heard this song, and I was like, wait, which one was which? And I was like, oh, wait. Their vocalists sound the same. Like, that's just one of those, like, yeah, you have to hear it side by side to really be, make that connection. Yeah. But the chorus says, all my favorite songs are slow and sad. And I'm like, hell yeah. That's you. Know? you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think I, it is. I, I think you like a lot of up-tempo shit, too. Yeah. So. 
But I, it's such a good song, and Weezer just knows how to write a hook, man. Mm-hmm. And to have a feature like AJR just makes it such a fun song. Yeah, that's an interesting pairing. I, I'd like, I probably I don't want to listen to that now because I like AJR, but they're one of those bands that I'm not going to listen to all the time. Like I discovered them for like one week. I was like, oh fuck, this is awesome. And I was like, mm. that was maybe enough of that. maybe I jumped the gun a little bit <laughs> yeah. on that. It's like ska, right? It's yeah. like yeah, fucking ska rocks. And then you listen to it for like an hour and like mm. they were playing one note the whole time. That's enough. <laughs> that's it's enough ska for a few years. Um, I don't want to hear trumpets again for. <laughs> Until I watch another Trojan movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your song of the show? My song of the show, there was a few that I was going to pick here because my release radar is just, it was, feels like it was custom made for me this week. So there's a new Stevie Aoki song. Uh, There's a knife party mega mashup. There's a major laser song that released Teddy swims who I love. Um, Illstorm released something new. I'm on a Marth, which is one of my favorite metal bands, released something new. Uh, it's Julian Kaler released a new single this this week. Um, Tones and I, who I talked about on our last uh, QCP, released a new song. Uh, Becky Hill, who's one of those people from the Tiesto, one of the Tiesto songs we've talked about before. Um, but I initially, uh, Gojira released their third single from their new album. So literally like 10 songs I released this week. It's like, feast or famine on it's, release it's, radar. Boy, howdy. Was it feast for me this week? But I chose the most unconventional of them all, which was apparently Ingwe Malmsteen released a song this week called the wolves at the wolves at the door. And it's just as geeky and dumb as it ever was. And I fucking, <laughs> I love Ingwe Malmsteen. This song isn't even that good. Like it's, it's, there's too much drums and he sings a little bit in it and it's always goofy, but it, I, there's just something so lovably stupid about Ingwe Momsen. And he is one of the best guitarists ever to live. He has a perfect tone. He's uh, immaculately accurate and it's, it's hard not to love a guy who, when you listen to him, you're like, you know what? If, if Dracula played guitar, <laughs> This is probably what it would sound like. And that's it's because I listened to it. I was like, fuck, this is a Castlevania song. And Castlevania yeah. has some of the best music in video game history. And I just, Ingwe gives me this stupid shit eating grin on my face because I'm like, man, this is just so nerdy, but it's so technically perfect that you have to respect it. And he plays so fast and so well. Um, he, I think he breaks into Mozart at some point, which fucking I, I audibly laughed out loud. I was like, "You can't help yourself, can you, bud? You yeah. just think you're Mozart." Yep. And it's it's he's just such a doofus that I can't help but love him. So as soon as I saw Ingwe, I was like, "Yeah, all this other shit that I, I legitimately love is is out the window because I love Ingwe that much more." Well, you can you can save your other songs for another week. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have to be a new song. It's just yeah. that's the easiest way for me to pick a, a song of the week. It's just like, hey, what released this week? What yeah. do I like? Um, yeah, fucking Ingvoy Momstein, man. Love that guy. <laughs> fucking puffy shirt wearing, D&D playing, <laughs> fake Mozart. I love him. I love him to death. Keep Never never stop being you, Ingvoy. Yeah, don't change, baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it, guys. That's our show. Uh, we don't really have any plans for our next week yet. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We always do. So uh, we'll uh, keep you posted. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Off the Beaten Clef. We're on Twitter at Off Clef. And we got a Gmail, Off the Beaten Clef at gmail.com. Uh, you can contact us on any of those if you have suggestions. Like we, we basically used our, our fan suggestions to build this playlist this week. So we really do appreciate that. If you have good ideas, well, throw them at us, and you know that can help us steer where we go next. Yeah. Also, if you want to get hold of us, we didn't do this in the Queen City podcast. So, Dylan is at D Hyden fifteen. Yes, I'm at K Carter seventy nine on all social medias. Uh, if you want to give us a shout out, tell us how cool or stupid we think we are. Uh, yeah, let us know. It's the meaner a- you are, the quick, the more quick more quickly we will respond. That's almost a guarantee. It's almost a guarantee. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening guys. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. We'll see you.